Welcome to Let's Talk, Ed and Zahi. We are talking about the importance of program review in keeping us uh, relevant, keeping our programs on the cutting edge, delivering the most in our education. And this particular program, the, the topic seems very simple because we're going to be talking about what are the best ways to conduct a program review. And this is something that you know, here again, every community college throughout the country, they are doing this all yes. the time. We we all should have that down pat pretty well, you would think. But, uh, you know, as you talked about in our last program, it can be really easy to go through the motions with a program review, check the boxes that say you did this, and maybe not really get the most out of that program review. So, with that said, Zahi, what are some of the, those best practices that maybe we should all be looking at? Well, I've got my own uh, biases, right? Uh, almost every system, if not every institution, looks at the enrollment completion and, and uh, job prospects for students, which are important. I'm not going to deny that. But there are so many reasons for which students don't come to an institution that have nothing to do with the program and its effectiveness. You know, if you have a location that is far, if you're teaching classes in off hours, then nobody's going to show up. If you don't have the right uh, distribution of classes, even if people come in, they might not complete. They might not complete a class or they might not complete a program. So although important, I think they're not really the full picture and we tend to put a whole lot of stock into it. Additionally, we look summarily at the uh, labor market information. Rather than taking a deep dive in what they mean, we just summarily just, just we just curse, give it a cursory look, but in reality, we need to be looking at the medium to long range view in order to see what kind of investment we need to be doing and how we can transition from one field into the other. For example, you will not see a, an increasing demand for drafters. But you will see a huge demand for the skills of drafting in construction, in manufacturing, in architecture, in engineering, right? The demand is huge. But they will not hire as many detailers and drafters as they did 15, 20, 30 years ago. And so we don't we don't do a whole lot of labor market information analysis there, but we also, most of us do very little in terms of embedding the student learning outcomes and their assessment into the program review. And I think it is crucial to do that. I think it's not just about bean counting, it's about what's happening at that intersection between the teacher and the student. You know, one of the things uh, as you were talking there that, that went through my mind is you kind of talked about the things that, that everybody looks at. 
the the thing that kind of struck me was something that you didn't say, and that is, what are the students saying about the program? Um, you know, granted that that is all opinion, uh, but. I, I think it is important to also hear from from students, you know, maybe recent graduates, uh, you know, after they've gotten out there. Um, how important was this for you? Uh, what do you wish you would have had that that you found you really needed when you got out there? Uh, I, I think things like that, you know, and again, I get it. You're going to have students that get angry because they didn't get the job that they wanted or. Uh, you know, there there are programs probably all over the country that seem really tied to one particular industry. And I know you and I uh, worked together at a college where that was very much the case. And, and that particular program uh, was nicknamed by a lot of uh, prospective students as the program of that particular company. And when somebody didn't get hired there, they felt like their education wasn't worth it anymore. Uh, so, you know, when in all reality, there are jobs, you know, and very good jobs elsewhere in that same field. Uh, but, you know, getting that feedback from students too, I think, you know, is important knowing again, there may be some that are unhappy, but you're also going to have students that are going to be very happy and big picture. The other part of that too, is that is going to thinking from my seat, from the marketing end. That's also going to give you some things that now maybe you can use within your marketing area, too, that that are very important. Uh, so that that is something that I think would be very important is, is getting that student perspective. It is important, but it is perhaps the hardest set of data to to get. Absolutely. For a variety of reasons, right? The mobility of students, they they finding them is really hard. And typically, the ones you hear from are the ones who are either very angry or very pleased. And they're on the minority end of things. So, yes, I agree. And, and it's it, touche, Mr. Ford. I should have mentioned it, but, but my senility hit me. And I forgot to mention it. Uh, and while I agree that it is absolutely significant, again, I'm going to say it is absolutely one of the hardest data points. No question. To get. I know in California, for example, the uh, Board of Equalization and the community college system uh, worked in a way where they uh, back-ended the uh, social security numbers to look at the, uh, uh, the income of individuals uh, X number of months and X number of years after they're done with the credential at the institution in each field, given that we host this data on the two-year uh, college side, right, under a social security number, and the Board of Equalization is hosting it in terms of taxes and unemployment. So, so that give, doesn't gives you the qualitative information that you mentioned, but it tends to give you the income information, which is, which is valid, absolutely very valid. Now, it gets us back into something you said in, in the first segment, which is, what is the differentiator? Why would an employer hire the person with a college credential at a higher income, higher wage, higher salary, whatever it is? Uh, 
than a person off the street when we know that this is not necessarily what what's happening yeah you know and it's it's an unfortunate reality because you know again one of those value propositions that that we give is when you get that degree you get that certificate you are more employable than than somebody that does not have that and uh, if employers are not seeing it that way then we're not doing our due diligence. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that strikes me too is very often in higher ed, when when we are tasked to do things, uh, there's, you know, oh, we have to do this and not necessarily seeing it a, in a positive light in that this is an opportunity to to do things that change. And I mean, we all see that in jobs all over. You know, we have annual reviews and everybody goes into those dreading them. And, uh, you know, instead, they should be seen somewhat as an opportunity to continue to grow in your right. job. Um, you know, and again, that that program review shouldn't be the first time you've heard some of these things. Just like that annual review, if if you are struggling with your job, it shouldn't be the first time that you hear, you know, the negative things that, that are happening, just like it also shouldn't be the, the first time you hear positive things, too. So I think taking that and, and looking at this as here's how we can take something and, and make it even better and, and see that in a positive light. So we've been talking about uh, in this particular segment the the best way to conduct program reviews under the guise of how do we remain cutting edge with our programs. Uh, next time around, we're going to talk about advisory committees and what those can and should look like. So if you enjoy programs like this, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content, and we'd love for you to like this video as well. That helps us out in the algorithm. It helps find uh, equally interested people, uh, helps them find content like this as well. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.